Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today, my very special guest is Tara Catherine Collins. Tara, a native of Virginia, is a best-selling author and teacher, the founder of the Western School of Feng Shui in Solana Beach, California, and the originator of Essential Feng Shui. Her first book, The Western Guide to Feng Shui, is one of the most popular books on the subject in the world and has been translated into 10 languages. Tara has also written Home Design with Feng Shui A to Z, The Western Guide to Feng Shui Room by Room, The Western Guide to Feng Shui for Prosperity, and The Western Guide to Feng Shui for Romance. Tara has also produced a 6-CD Feng Shui audio course. Tara is a much sought-after speaker in such faraway places as Sydney, Australia and London, England, and has been featured on the PBS Body and Soul TV series and has spoken on feng shui at many international events, such as the Magical Mastery and today's Wisdom Tours in Australia, the New Millennium Conferences in Mexico, and the Women of Wisdom, I Can Do It, and Empowering Women Conferences across the United States. To learn more about Tara and Essential Feng Shui, please, please visit the Western School of Feng Shui website at wsfs.com. That's wsfs.com. If you're ready to learn about Feng Shui, the art of creating, creating human-friendly environments, then listen up as today's show is for you. Please welcome to the show my very special guest, Feng Shui expert, Tara Catherine Collins. Welcome to the show, Tara. Such a delight to have you with us. Well, thank you, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. My goodness, everybody knows absolutely everything about me now. Yes, you're a, go- <laughs> you're a goddess in the world of Feng Shui, in my eyes. You are. Oh, so my you're goodness. So, yes. So what is Feng Shui, Tara, and what does the Chinese term Feng Shui mean? Well, Feng Shui is a term literally translated as wind and water, and uh, those two words, of course, elicit uh, the images of uh, aspects of nature that are seen and unseen. So obviously we can see the water, we can't see the wind unless it's interacting with something else. And this is uh, kind of a poetic way to speak into what feng shui is, which is to look at the scene environment to really be able to assess what's going on on the unseen levels of life. How is the happiness quotient? What's the prosperity doing? How, what is, what's happening with uh, those more subtle aspects of life given how the environment is arranged? How about that? Well, that's that's very clear. <laughs> yes, that was good. I've never heard it described quite like that. That was really wonderful. Well, it really comes out. I mean, uh, feng shui was born out of Taoism, uh, mm-hmm. you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah, how long yeah. has feng shui been practiced? Well, it, you know, it goes back as far as there's any written record. So mm-hmm. there's accounts of almost 5,000 years back when feng shui was practiced primarily to locate grave sites because mm-hmm. at that time the population in China considered their ancestors to be much like how we now think of angels where ancestors if we treated them right and we gave them a beautiful place to live out eternity in other words their grave site then they would be happy to help uh, us through our lives mm-hmm. so that was the original uh, uh, time that they found the first written record, and then it goes on to evolve into being used in uh, the living people's environment, Mm -hmm. and uh, it comes all the way through that 5,000 years to now being uh, very popular in the Western cultures, and uh, I've developed essential feng shui because really there are aspects of feng shui that aren't necessarily very applicable to us at this time. Yes, well tell uh, us about essential, essential feng shui. Pardon me? Tell us about essential feng shui. Well, you know, there's two schools of feng shui. There's the form school, which is non-directional, and compass school, which is directional. Yes. I practice primarily form school, non-directional, which I find is a beautiful a match for Western culture. And essential feng shui is 
form school feng shui applied uh, to Western culture. So there has been some editing out of things that are very much Chinese in orientation mm -hmm. and really have no or little application to our Western culture at this mm -hmm. time. So we get these magnificent tools, and again, they come out of other Taoist practices, like the Bagua map, which mm -hmm. is, a, is one of the primary tools and one of the best results-producing tools in feng shui. Mm -hmm. And that comes out of the whole I Ching, the text, uh, you know, the book of changes, and uh, looking at our thoughts and our words and our deeds in the world, and then applying that to environment. So we have uh, the Bagua map coming from the I Ching. We have the five elements coming from Chinese medicine. And then we have feng shui, which is very much focused on the environment itself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is the main principle of feng, feng shui? Well, there really are three uh, tenets of feng shui mm -hmm. that create the foundation. The first one is that uh, we see everything as alive. So the chair, the computer, uh, the pile of clutter in the corner, the mm -hmm. garage, everything is equally alive as everything else. Yeah, has energy. And, and everything has energy, yes. So everything is alive. Everything is connected mm -hmm. to everything else. So there's really no, no nothing that is disconnected. Mm -hmm. and so everything, everything influences everything else. Absolutely. We're mm -hmm. all so, you know, it's the web of life and, and that whole idea coming forward and being applied in the environment. And the third principle is that everything is always changing. Mm -hmm. So there really is the opportunity to make friends with change, mm -hmm. to really embrace the mystery of life, and to embrace as much the unseen or the energetic aspects of mm -hmm. life as the seen or physical aspects mm -hmm. of life, and really uh, live a lifestyle where both the seen and the unseen, the wind and the water, are being equally honored. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. So explain how the energy, how energy can sometimes be blocked by objects in our space. Well, you know, objects, um, objects are, are here to serve us, mm -hmm. and uh, when we have maybe more than we need, or we have a situation where there's too much furniture in a room, too many papers on a desk, uh, anything where there's too much, even if it's too much of a good thing, mm -hmm. is going to congest the energy. And it's, you know, the, the um, environment, our home and business environments are really you know, looked at as environmental bodies. And we can transfer uh, the thoughts that we have about our bodies over to our homes and workplaces and get an idea of what's going on. Yeah. And I think all of us have had a cold or been congested in some way. We know what our energy levels are like when we have that congestion, mm -hmm. and then we know what our energy levels are like when we do not, and we're clear and free and healthy and robust. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar in the environmental body. If there's too much stuff, there's going to be congestion. It's going to mm -hmm. slow the energy down, and mm -hmm. it's going to slow down the people that are within that environmental body. Oh, that's wonderful, the way you put that. So when do we need to apply the principles of feng shui? Well, you know, uh, what I find is that feng shui is most sought after by people who feel that there's something in their life that is not working well. Mm -hmm. And typically it's going to be either a love issue, a money issue, or a health issue. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's when we look at our environment and say, okay, what in my environment is holding my lack of love in place? What in my environment is holding my, a, a lack of prosperity in place? Mm -hmm. And that's when we bring in the feng shui principles. Um, the, uh, my book, The Western Guide to Feng Shui, Room by Room, is very thorough in going room by room to really look through feng shui eyes and to say, okay, how is my prosperity being held in place in my living room? How is my love being held in place in my bedroom? How is my health being held in place in, in various other rooms? Mm -hmm. So that you can really super assess environmentally what's going on with the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. So you have a background in holistic health. You're a practitioner for very many years. 
what was your holistic approach to life and influence in your developing essential feng shui and how so well i'll tell you what i i found that having a uh, all of that uh, knowledge and and background and experience with working with the physical human body was really helpful because as I just gave that example of congestion, mm -hmm. uh, there's many, many examples that we, we see crossover from the health and well-being of our own physical bodies and the health and well-being of our environmental bodies. So yes, I mean, you can really use that um, idea of, uh, say, for instance, there is a very cluttered room in a household or a very cluttered storage area like a garage or a basement, and then look at the Bagua map. Yes. And you can f find on the Bagua map where that room is located, and that room may be exactly in the place that you would love most to improve in your life. And you yes. go, oh, my God, my environment is completely holding mediocrity or negativity in place. Mm -hmm. And now I see through my feng shui eyes how I can improve that. So... It's been very helpful, and I find uh, more than anything, it's helpful in teaching the principles of feng shui because people, we all have uh, an ongoing experience of being in a body, so we mm -hmm. know what it's like when it's vibrant and well, and we know what it's like when it's not. Mm -hmm. So speak a little bit more about the Bagua map, Tara, and uh, how many areas are there in a Bagua map? Uh, it's a very holistic way of working with all these different areas, not in your own life as well as in your home. You know, because both, they each reflect one another. So could you yes. speak a little bit more about the Bagua? Well, the Bagua map is based on the I Ching's eight basic trigrams. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I won't try to get into uh, explaining too much about the I Ching right now, other than it is a book of wisdom. Mm -hmm. It is used um, to help people decide what action they're going to take if they're having any kind of a challenge in life. And mm -hmm. it's also used just to basically instruct right action through life. Mm -hmm. So we t the feng shui long ago, the masters of long ago, took the I Ching trigrams and applied them to structure. And there are nine uh, areas of the Bagua map because it includes the eight trigrams plus the center. Mm -hmm. And if it, it, an easy way to envision the Bagua map is to think of a tic-tac-toe board where you've got that nice square of nine uh, squares, sub-squares, uh, three times three times three. Mm -hmm. And each of those, uh, those squares are associated with a different treasure or important aspect of life. There's one that's uh, associated with wealth, one with fame, love, creativity, career, etc. So we take that square that tic-tac-toe board, basically, and we apply it. We lay it right on top of a blueprint or a footprint of a home, and we assess how the energy is running through that home according to that map. Mm -hmm. Now, that map is important enough that it is in all five of my books. It's also on my website, so it's very easy for anyone to access it completely free of charge, or if you want to study about it, you certainly can through a book. And we do have an online uh, course, mm -hmm. uh, correspondence course at this point in it as well. So we focused on that because of the results it can produce yes. for people. Yes. Well, it really helps with the awareness. And uh, I love the idea of calling it a treasure map. Yes. Yeah. Indeed it is. I mean, it really can help. It, it's hugely insightful, um, and I'm, I use it all the time in my own life. If there's something that starts to feel like it's going a little off balance, I will go around and work different areas of the house just to make sure that they're fresh and they're, they really mean something to me and they are current. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just little things like leave a light on for mm -hmm. a couple of days because mm -hmm. I want to really charge up a certain area. Mm -hmm. So this isn't something that's done once and then never done again. It's really exactly. an ongoing... Yes. Well, as you mentioned earlier, yeah. one of the three tenets is everything's always changing. So yes. if you're not engaging change in a creative way, it will engage you. <laughs> <laughs> in a creative way. <laughs> yes, we're always being creative. So it's, it is. Everything is absolutely creative. 
You know, we are creators, and creation is always happening yep. through us. So. so true. It's and to get the feeling of that is really ecstasy. Mm-hmm. I feel. I mean, anyone who's trying to mm-hmm. stop change from happening mm-hmm. is really in a place of resistance because mm-hmm. it will not ever mm-hmm. stop. So for us to get into the flow and mm-hmm. to feel that creative mm-hmm. merging and surging through us mm-hmm. is really life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the joy of feeling alive. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what is feng shui natural? Well, a feng shui natural, it, it's a term that I use for people that are intuitively already know oh, feng shui. Oh, okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, a feng shui natural is typically an artist, mm-hmm. um, a natural physician or a health care provider of some kind, a teacher, people who are very engaged in the creative process or engaged in really uh, uh, caregiving processes, Mm -hmm. those are feng shui naturals because Mm -hmm. they're the folks that will look at me and go, I already knew that or Mm -hmm. I already did that Mm -hmm. or I already completely Mm -hmm. thought that that was true. And when they take a feng shui class or read a feng shui book, they're the ones that are nodding their head, yes, 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 through the whole experience Mm -hmm. because they're learning the language of feng shui uh, it's like they're learning how to speak into the experience they're mm-hmm. already having. Mm-hmm. So they're begin- being given a map for what they just intuit. It's a natural exactly. way of intuiting how energy flows through When life. I was first learning feng shui, I kept having this very strong experience that I was in a period of remembrance mm-hmm. rather than a period of learning. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was as if that uh, a tap was being turned on Mm -hmm. in me that had been turned on Mm -hmm. before and was just being turned on again. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful experience in that way because it gave me me the intellectual Mm -hmm. capacity to talk about what I was intuitively already Mm -hmm. knowing. Yeah, it was a natural match for you. Yeah, it was natural to your way of being. And I find there's being. a lot of folks like, I mean, mm-hmm. we are a tribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we we find that we show up in classes together. Yeah, you know, there's a natural one, harmonic. Yeah. It's absolutely, yeah. absolutely, birds of a feather. Yeah, you've written five books on feng shui, Tara. Which is your favorite? Well, that's a good question. I think my favorite, it leans toward the Western Guide to Feng Shui room by room because Mm -hmm. it's the most thorough. So if if somebody wanted to study one book, that would be the one to pick up and certainly pick up first. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of them, like the uh, Western Guide to Feng Shui for Prosperity, Mm -hmm. is very, very keyed in to what to do to create more prosperity. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of people are very interested in. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and prosperity is not just the money, it's being prosperous in any area of your life. Absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a much more expanded definition of prosperity, mm-hmm. money being included but not being the only thing. Yes. And yes. um, you know, the whole I, the whole attitude As a matter of fact, I think one of the things the Bagua for me is inherent in the Bagua is that really it's through the harmonic working in all these areas and bringing them up to more of their potentials for us that we really can experience more of a fullness and uh, prosperity in all areas of our life, Absolutely. not just in one. If you're too focused on one, you'll actually it, the others will actually uh, restrict how prosperous you can get in that area. You're making a really good point because, again, this goes back to holistic medicine where one part of the body is not more important than another. Mm-hmm. And the whole body is working as a, as a beautiful synergistic unit. Um, and um, we can't separate out one thing and say, well, this is the most important thing. Well, the same thing is true about our environmental body. If we work the whole body, if we honor and celebrate the whole body and we take good care of the whole body there's we have a a, a saying there's not there's no place to hide in feng shui and every square inch counts mm-hmm. because even a you know back closet a little used storeroom a bathroom that I always love when somebody says, nobody uses this room mm-hmm. well somebody does use that room somebody does see it and it's you mm-hmm. you know you the person who's saying nobody sees it Mm -hmm. you see it Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't call you a nobody 
Mm-hmm. Yes, well, I do think it really helps with the awareness. Yes. Because the, when you have an awareness, then you can correct. If there, it, it, you know, you can become aware of that there's something needing correction, even. Absolutely. You know, and how it might be um, affecting the whole. If we and it, exactly when we're looking at our our home as a whole body, mm-hmm. then our awareness is able to grasp all of these concepts mm-hmm. and go, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, there's no place to ignore. There's mm-hmm. no place that does not count. Yes, there is no place that doesn't count. And also developing your observation skills. I think when you have a Bagua map or you have, you're looking at it objectively, you know, you're developing that observer self to be able to not be so identified with it, but yes. be able to observe it, and then it's easier to make those changes. Yes. 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 So I understand you're a friend of Louise Hay, and she loves taking classes at your feng shui school. That's quite a testimonial. Is it true you brought Louise a bowl of fresh worms as a housewarming gift for her new home? And is that some sort of feng shui offering we should know about? Well, (laughs) all of that is true except for it is not uh, necessarily uh, considered a feng shui enhancement unless your very good friend who happens in this case to be uh, Louise Hay is an avid gardener, Mm -hmm. an avid organic gardener, and there's nothing that she loves more than worms (laughs) to put into her vegetable garden. And she had just recently moved into a new home. Mm -hmm. And she was was, uh, uh, telling me that the the land, you know, around this new home was, had no worms. It was bereft of worms. And she was... You know, uh, upset yeah, we about need worms. And, Earthworms yeah, so are I mean, very important in the scheme exactly. of things. Exactly. So I, I, you know, I show up. I went and, you know, uh, uh, dug that's up. A, that's a, a true friend. Yep. And <laughs> what was so funny was that when I arrived with him, of course, I'm very excited that I have all these worms, and you know, I have all the little stories about where they were in the yard and how many were there, and she knows, you know, all that's really interesting to her. And there were, there was another woman there at the house and she thought that these baggies that I brought in were full of blackberries. That's what her brain couldn't make sense out of what was in those bags, you know. And she just about lost, I mean, she could not, she kind of let out this little yelp and jumped back and, you know, just like, oh my God, that's the most hideous thing I could ever imagine. And Louise Yeah, she had going, whole oh. neuro associations going on for it, whereas Louise was saying, oh, wow. Exactly. <laughs> so they were not for her. Mm-hmm, <laughs> they mm-hmm. were for Louise. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they helped Louise grow those delicious blackberries or whatever well, she's exactly. she got going it. in her organic garden. Yep. She and loves she roses, is. doesn't she? She has roses and she has. She always grows vegetables. Yeah. Always. Yeah. She's always got something going in the garden. Yeah. And yeah. She's a. She's an. Yeah. I hear she gardener. has a pickup truck and it's just humorous to you know she's so elegant you know, I know. so it's sort of it's to see her you know like a farmer out in a pickup truck going out to you know it just no sort of, makeup her hair slicked yeah. back in uh, these tiny little outfits. And, you know, she's in her 80s, and yeah. she's wearing these tiny little outfits. They look perfect on her. Yeah. She just, she's just a hoot. She's an anathema. That's what yeah. she is. She is yeah. an anathema. <laughs> so she breaks all the molds, she, you know. So, All right, so you're known for making feng shui's complicated and mysterious rules easy to understand and use. In your first book, The Western Guide to Feng Shui, you explain the principles of feng shui in practical terms with numerous real-life examples, including what you've been telling us about, the Bagua map. So um, I was wondering, uh, you know, you also spoke about uh, a compass and how you use non-directional. You don't usually use a compass. Uh, Do you think a a compass is important for a map, or in the Western world it's not necessary, or? Well, both, uh, both compass feng shui and uh, form school feng shui, both of them can produce results. Mm-hmm. So they are very, very different, though. One is uh, the compass orientation is much more mathematical, mm-hmm. and it's much more um, polaric. Mm-hmm. Like if um, my front door is not faced in a certain direction according to my birth information, then um, the way that that would be read would be that there is a problem, there's a complication, there yeah. may even be some severe issues that I need to address. 
Um, The form school is much more uh, relationship-oriented. It's got a softer use of language, and there's much more flexibility in if the door is in some way compromised, then there would be maybe a half a dozen or more things that we could do to improve and enhance that space without necessarily addressing which direction it is faced. Now, I have found that there are some times when a compass is very helpful. Mm -hmm. It's very helpful when I'm placing a desk or placing a a bed. Mm -hmm. So um, it can come in handy, but it is interesting because um, working with the International Feng Shui Guild, um, we kind of collectively uh, came to the to the agreement that form feng shui is really the foundation of all of feng shui. Compass feng shui was built upon form mm-hmm. as more techniques, more possibilities, mm-hmm. more ways to find solutions. Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. good to so know. So it is not where we start, yeah. but it is it, it's not it, it it's not the foundation, but it is a technique that was built upon mm-hmm. the foundation mm-hmm. of form. Oh, that's good tonight. Yeah. Yes. So could you talk about the principles of, principles of yin and yang and how they relate to feng shui and the art of placement? Well, everyone knows the, well, I would imagine just about everybody knows the yin-yang symbol, the mm-hmm. Tai Chi symbol. And um, that is, of course, depicting uh, the wheel. It really goes back to being a Taoist image of the wheel of life and that uh you know, life, wind and water is made up primary or, or half of, of, of seen and half of unseen elements. And so um, when we get the just right balance mm-hmm. of, of the seen and the unseen, then we've really struck a harmonic chord mm-hmm. with living, uh, you know, well in the universe in mm-hmm. the cosmos. We've, we've aligned ourselves with the cosmic way. Mm-hmm. So there's a zillion ways to interpret the yang aspect or the yang half of the wheel and the yin aspect. Um, the yang aspect is, is, is considered heavenly. It's the unseen. It's the energy. But then when we drop it into form, it becomes the, what is bold, what mm-hmm. is bright, mm-hmm. what is large, uh, what is geometric, mm-hmm. and then when we look at the yin aspect, we look at earth and visible and the water classic symbol of mm-hmm. uh, feng shui, we're also, when we drop it into the physical even more, we're looking at what is small, what is dark, what is ornate, mm-hmm. and what is curvy, what is asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. So there's all of these ways to interpret it, but what we what the bottom line is for human beings is that we strike a beautiful balance mm-hmm. between these two uh, uh, halves. I, I like to avoid the word opposites because they're constantly moving and grooving with each other. Yeah, they're we affecting get, each other. They're not just static. Right. We want to get a sense of the wheel turning rather mm-hmm. than that. You know, we look at that symbol and we sort of see it stuck in in space because it has to be drawn. But if we could see that symbol and then see it turning mm-hmm. and see it always mixing with each other, that's really much more uh, uh, realistic to what's occurring with mm-hmm. energy and form all mm-hmm. the time. Everything's in relationship. Absolutely. And you're balancing the relationship right. between things. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're... Yes. So, you know, people who live in any kind of extreme environment, that would be where the feng shui practitioner would come and say, you know, you're living in a 5,000-square-foot house that has 20-foot ceilings. Your sofa is, um, you know, a a 14-foot sofa. Uh, Your coffee table is 10 square feet. You know, you have a lot of yang elements. How does your life feel? Well, typically people say, it's too speedy. I never relax. I can't seem to calm down. I don't sleep well because it's so overly active. Mm -hmm. And so then the feng shui practitioner would come in and say, all right, we're going to bring a little yin in here. We're going to start to balance this out with some soft things, some small things, some ornate things, et cetera. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so, yeah, I want, okay, so, okay, I'll, I'll get to some more detailed questions in just a little bit. I have some questions coming up in my mind. So what are the five elements, Tara, and why are they important to feng shui? Well, the five elements 
really are born out of the practice of Chinese medicine. So Chinese medicine is really a sister to uh, feng shui. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are uh, fire, mm -hmm. wood, uh, earth, metal, and water. Mm -hmm. And um, they really, what they, what they do in the feng shui world is they give us a palette. They give us a way in which to work with physical space. Mm -hmm. So we would go into uh, a room and assess what elementally is going on in that room. How much of the earth element exists there? How much of the metal? How much of the uh, fire, et cetera, et cetera? How much of Each of these elements, elements like has a certain color that's associated with it, a certain absolutely. shape that's associated with it. Yes, and I mean that, those, those associations are, uh, you know, they're, well, they're certainly in the Room by Room book because it's really a whole chapter. And it's um, also in our practitioner training, it is a subject we spend a day and a half teaching at a practitioner level mm -hmm. because it, it, it can be very in-depth. It's really like learning a new language. Mm -hmm. And uh, once we know the language, it's incredible mm -hmm. how much information it mm -hmm. can give us. And it's a symbolic, it's a symbolic language. So it really it's speaks to the subconscious mind. Absolutely. And um, in Chinese medicine, it is seen that the body is made up of the five Oh, yeah, the chakras. Elements. The chakras right. are the elements, and they exactly. each have their own so shapes. And we're carrying all five of the elements within our physical bodies mm -hmm. and within Well, that's how we manifest the body. Exactly. <laughs> so when we have all five elements manifested in our environment around us, mm -hmm. what the belief is here, what the what the observation is, is that we are will be the most comfortable. If there is an element that's missing, we're going to on some level know that it is missing. Yes. And we will begin to feel not as comfortable in that room because mm -hmm. it is missing something. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating how people will go into a room and they go, oh, my goodness, there's absolutely no earth in this room. Yeah, when I'm thinking about my room where it's career, it feels too calm now. <laughs> well, okay, so then you want, you know, that means more yang. Yeah. But then what element? What Because, of course, there's yang fire and there's yin fire. Well, my home, the entry, actually happens to be, you know, my home is, Exactly the Bogwa map is just set out like that. So my entry is exactly north, the mouth to my home, the door. Well, That's the mouth, right? The windows girl. and the doors are the mouth. Those are considered the mouth, right, for the T? Yeah. 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 So I am, we're all so lucky. It's just we need to, you know, give thanks for it more so it can <laughs> come forth, right? <laughs> And uh, that's something to, it's a practice, isn't it? It's, it's a practice that uh, the more that we practice uh, feeling gratitude, the more by nature we just slip right into that. It's yeah. like any other habit. It's a great habit yeah. to, to instill yes. um, in, in us. And yes, yes, yes. yes. It's you know, trusting. It's trusting the natural flow of life and that you're, it's, everything's conspiring for you. Yes, and, you know, culturally, we're not necessarily totally supported in thinking that way mm -hmm. and feeling that way. Mm -hmm. So we find our kindred spirits, we find our That's what's so wonderful about Hay House as a yes. community, because it's, yes. just, it's just so rich with it. It's just, you know, continual support and mirroring for that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, how does enhancing a space using feng shui pr principles, we've talked a little bit about this already, help us to achieve our goals in life? Well, you know, we're going to look at, through feng shui eyes, we're going to look at the fact that the environment is constantly holding uh, our reality in place. I mean, we mm -hmm. are having an intimate relationship with our environment, whether we like it or not. Yes. We're married to our environment. We sleep with it. We eat with it. We are with it every day. Mm -hmm. So if that's not a marriage, I don't know what is, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so being married to it and being that close to it, we want to have a harmonious, loving, precious, beautiful relationship with it. Mm -hmm. So the things in our environment are holding 
all of that in place. Like if I walk into my living room and I love everything I see and there's a certain flow to it and the colors and the art and all mm -hmm. of the details are in harmony with what works for me, mm -hmm. that is going to, by nature, help me achieve everything that I want mm -hmm. to achieve in life. Mm -hmm. And then we can use the Bagua map to even... Uh, you know, hone our, our, our rooms and our various areas even more. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can really, really create such detail around all of this. Mm -hmm. But if we walk into a room and there, right in the middle of the room there is something that reminds us of the past in a very negative way or that makes us feel bad, sad, insecure, mm -hmm. upset, mm -hmm. that is going to pull us constantly every day just like a bad marriage it's going to pull on our energy mm -hmm. so uh, so bagua really you know the box working with feng shui it ugh, feng shui it, it almost sounds like a meditative art it is very much very much contemplation way. and becoming aware you know that yep. self-awareness of exactly it, it, what you're putting out there always changing too. I mean mm -hmm. people say we could we say feng shui is not an event, it's mm -hmm. a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because And what we'll worked for you at one point doesn't work for you at another time. Exactly. And people will have a feng shui appointment and say, Okay, goody, I'm done, I'm baked, I'm cooked for the rest of my life and then, you know, the next day something happens and mm -hmm. shifts them Isn't that the way of it? Don't you yeah. find that is the way of it? <laughs> as soon as you reach completion, okay. Then you need this. <laughs> you know, you need this to begin to integrate. This other aspect is popping its little head up for you to have a look at. Yes. So our response to that is always interesting. If we kind of stamp our, you know, if I stamp my foot and say, gosh darn it, I mean, I want it to just stay the way it is, you know. I mean, it's not going to. That's this, unrealistic. This is our work. This is our inner work is to mm -hmm. say, as you were just saying, KG, just to trust the process, go with the flow, learn how to be comfortable with mm -hmm. both the wind and the water of life, mm -hmm. you know, make friends with the unseen levels. Maybe we, me we need to remember that's what we came here for, is exactly. to live our life, not to be afraid of our life, but to engage yes. with our life. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we're here on an adventure. Yes. <laughs> There's not a lot of armchair traveling on this planet. No. <laughs> Could you, uh, armchair, that's a segue to the next question. Could you talk about the location of our homes and why is location important? Well, location is one of many things that a feng shui practitioner will assess. Uh, and there are locations that are considered auspicious mm -hmm. or, you know, especially uh, benevolent. Uh, supportive of human beings and then there are of course uh, locations that are considered not that mm -hmm. so a location that is considered auspicious is either um, at the same level as the road that's leading to it or is perhaps slightly above the mm -hmm. road um, that's leading to it mm -hmm. or even quite above it mm -hmm. the 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 location that's not necessarily very auspicious is the one that is below the road. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's that whole idea of, of thinking, of going lower than. Mm -hmm. And our nervous systems are always, um, you know, registering what the environment is telling us mm -hmm. and what the how, how safe or unsafe an environment is mm -hmm. at any second. Yeah, and that goes we, on automatically. Yep. When we step down, we are always cautious about stepping down. What are we stepping down into? Mm -hmm. What is down there? How far does it go? Mm -hmm. The nervous system is registering all that. So mm -hmm. we want to be able to either just walk straight ahead or maybe climb a little mm -hmm. to be in our ideal space. That's mm -hmm. just one of many. We want to be careful about being too close to power lines and large highways and any other sort of noise pollution. Mm -hmm. um, we want to be uh, aware of the nature that's around us and whether the nature around us is healthy and life-giving or whether it's been damaged in some way. Mm -hmm. All of these are signs and signals that the location is going to feed and nurture us and mm -hmm. support us and sustain us, or is it going to be um, challenging and draining and potentially uh, 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 not working well for us? Mm -hmm. 
So what are, uh, you know, what are some of the other features of an ideal lo location for, for you to look for? Well, you know, there's the, the whole uh, conversation about privacy. And um, I find this is very personal. Some people really have to have a very private or, or feel best, let's say, feel best with a private circumstance. Um, a lot of people feel very good to have uh, some sort of a view from mm -hmm. either the front or the back or some part of their home, but also tucked in, and it's that Well, I've heard, you know, the, that's what I was mentioning earlier, the armchair, you know, that that's the perfect uh, sort of a symbol for the perfect location is the armchair. Isn't that it right? Is. It is, yes, very much so, because you're protected around the sides and the back, mm -hmm. and you have a nice view out the front, so it's a command position. Yes. And you've climbed up into it to some degree. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's that whole feeling of being well supported, up off the floor, and uh, with the protection around the sides and the back. Mm -hmm. So we can translate that on, you know, to a to a lot or a play, you know, the property around a home. Mm -hmm. And then that that has all all kinds of ways of being interpreted. You know, with um, say you say somebody lives in an apartment, and I mean that none of that is really going to help them. So how are, what's the privacy fa features and mm -hmm. factors of an mm -hmm. apartment? Do mm -hmm. they have the right kind of window treatments? Have they maybe uh, purchased or live with uh, beautiful plants mm -hmm. that help to create privacy and a sense of nature? Mm -hmm. All of those things. Mm -hmm. So um, how can we use feng shui to cure a lesson? You were speaking a little bit you know, about the privacy things. I think privacy is a key thing for a lot of us, you know, such as with plants. Yes. But what are some other things that would help to cure a less than desirable location? I've heard of, like, if you live in a cul-de-sac, you know, and you have a street coming right at your house, you know, what would yes. you do about that? Well, that would be a time to, instead of having a command view from the front of the house, that would be the time to plant appropriately in mm -hmm. front of the house so mm -hmm. that there was a barrier, a nice yes. green barrier between street and house. Because a cul-de-sac... Um, and a T, uh, a T junction would be another one where there's a street that's coming in and the headlights from cars after dark are hitting directly mm -hmm. into the house. Mm -hmm. We want to protect the house from that. That's mm -hmm. too much outside energy try, you know, kind of in being invasive mm -hmm. if it's left uh, just as it is. Mm -hmm. um, if a property is below the level of the street, we use a lot of uplighting. You know, we put a, put a lights that shine straight up at the four corners of the of the house, mm -hmm. um, and maybe even more than that, so that the house is 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 being lifted by light, mm -hmm. even though it's obviously not physically being lifted. Mm -hmm. Or putting a weather vane on the top on the roof of the house, so mm -hmm. that again there's this symbol of lift being mm -hmm. lifted, and that weather vane might have a bird on it. And does how you feel about it is that an important? Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, in fact, really, I could just say that everything is based on how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of the um, all of the the little uh, suggestions or the big suggestions that come from feng shui are all guidelines. They are not rules. They are mm -hmm. not cast in cement. Mm -hmm. And um, every time anybody tries to cast them in cement, they get themselves in trouble because there will be an exception to every rule, and that exception will come from the feelings that people have. Yeah. Like what Louise know. calls your inner ding. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Exactly. exactly. Listen for your yeah. inner ding if it, it resonates with you. Yeah, and, you know, the inner ding can come from some, I mean, like a, a couple that, is, say there's a couple in their 70s and they're living in a condominium, and there's a couple in their 20s, and they're living in an identical condominium. Do you think that those two environments are going to look alike? They are not, because they are in very different phases of their life. They have mm -hmm. very different interests. And so the feng shui rules are, are, have to be really guidelines. Mm -hmm. They have to be able to be flexed and molded to what the people um, are wishing for mm -hmm. and what age they are and what kind of employment they have and what kind of nature and character they have and, you know, it, it, everything. Mm -hmm. So how do we set up power spots for ourselves, for instance, in the bedroom? You know, what are some things to... 
Well, you know, power spots, when, you, when, when we think about what is a power spot, okay, a power spot I would define as a spot that every time I look at it makes me feel good, mm-hmm. makes me feel, empowers mm-hmm. me, makes me feel uh, very much in tune with my spiritual path and very much aligned with, with uh, the universe and uh, very healthy and vibrant and any, any of those things, any and, and all of those things. So it, uh, those power spots are, are extremely subjective, mm-hmm. extremely personal. And there are basic guideline put possibilities given by feng shui, like one thing that almost everybody loves is a beautiful, healthy, luscious plant, perhaps that's blooming. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a great possible beginning in creating a power spot. Mm-hmm. Put something there that's lusciously alive. Mm-hmm. Make sure to keep it lusciously alive, mm-hmm. too. Um, you work with silk plants, though, too. I mean, you, you know, you, you're not... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, silk plants are always fine, too. It's it, how again, you feel about it. How you feel about it. Yeah. So, you know, I may have um, a photograph of a woman who mentored me in my 20s that nobody else on the planet has on their on their power spot. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how personal it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our parents, our siblings, our children, um, everything that makes our lives, that, mm-hmm. it, that contributes to our lives, the symbols of that can be uh, something that makes or or is part of a power spot. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that helps us to feel uh, in our in a power spot wouldn't we want to be facing a, the doorway or not directly in front of it, but you know that we have we can have a view. We don't want to have the, the doorway be so that we can't see who might be coming through the doorway or. Yes, and that's and, and that is another uh, way to look at the term power spot. Absolutely, that's a big deal in in feng shui because you know feng shui being so old, it really goes back and again Chinese medicine coming in to um, to keeping the human nervous system grounded and centered and calm mm-hmm. as much as possible. One hundred percent of the time is the goal, right? Mm-hmm. So what well, that's what, our mind. We want to keep our mind relaxed. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what is unnerving? Well, for most people, what's unnerving is to sit with their back to a door mm-hmm. or sleep with their – so they can't see the door. Yeah. That is that it sets the nervous system a little bit on edge. So we mm-hmm. want to check. And it's giving a signal to the subconscious mind that unexpected things are going to be coming that we have no control over. Absolutely. Yeah, and so then we put out a vibe. You know that we we even attract that. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. you know we place the bed so that we can see the door. We place our desks or our tables or where, wherever we're going to be spending a lot of our waking life. We we place those um, so we can see the door, or we put a mirror so that we can see the door. Mm-hmm. And um, the mirror also brings energy. If we need energy in the room, if there's not enough light or things like that, right? Doesn't it help to bring energy yeah. into a room? And you know what? It's like in my uh, my office, my, and I work at home, uh, I can see the door fine, but I can't see out. That means that I have my back to my window. Mm-hmm. And so I put a mirror uh, actually to one side of the desk, and it brings this magnificent view in yeah. to my office. So you have like a rear view mirror. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm looking. So you can know, catch or something catches your back. <laughs> so we use yeah. the mirror to either capture a view of the door or mm-hmm. to capture the view from the beautiful window, mm-hmm. if that's what we're we're uh, leaving behind to get mm-hmm. our desks so that we can see the door. Mm-hmm. And so you'd feel empowered to see what is coming. Right. You know that yes, your intuition or your you know that you would ha- you would be giving the the suggestion to your subconscious mind that you'll always be prepared and you'll know what's coming. You know from whatever Absolutely. angle it might come to you from or whatever. Absolutely, so. all of those things are. Um, you know, it's great that you you really have a very beautiful understanding of the symbolic. These these um, actions are all having a very rich symbolism. You know what's going to happen to the subconscious mind when I do this. Mm-hmm. So that's fantastic mm-hmm. to think that through. Mm-hmm. And we can put, you know, like they're different. I know in feng shui, uh, aren't there some wonderful tools for enhancing the flow of chi? 
like different colors and like you were speaking about mirrors, I know crystals and uh, like it, you can have uh, uh, wind different kinds of wind chimes. Like I have wood wind chimes in areas where, you know, like in my fire area outside, I have wood uh uh, bamboo, which would feed fire. That's what my yeah. idea was, that if I had wood, bamboo, wind chimes, that it would be feeding the fire, right? Is, is that? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're working it. <laughs> you're doing a good <laughs> job. I mean, when you're working with the elements like that, you're mm -hmm. in the groove, because that's mm -hmm. what a feng shui practitioner will be constantly thinking through, is what kind of, what, what is the elemental, uh, relationship mm -hmm. in this particular and if I want to feed mm -hmm. the fire what element would I bring in and mm -hmm. of course you you're right on you bring mm -hmm. in the wood and that mm -hmm. accentuates the fire. well I work with that you know because I work with aromatherapy creating blends a lot I'm working with the elementals that fairy energy all the time with my being and how it affects and how it you know all of those different relationships and the work the it. integration with the chakras and how it's all really you know, integrated really, and it's my developing my awareness and my. I like your your feng shui eyes. You know, um, seeing with feng shui eyes. You know, I think that's a helpful metaphor. Yes. So. Yes. So. Um, listening, <laughs> listening with feng shui ears. And yeah. <laughs> but you, yeah, I mean, it's just a way to say. Um, really, let that observer wake up and be mm -hmm. present all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, like and you, you say, yeah, you're doing day that. to day, you just keep showing up and, you know, it's never, you know, we're, it's always, there's always, we're always evolving and creating more and so it's an ongoing journey. It really so is. Could you share some Bagua success stories for us? I think listeners would love to hear some of the successes of things that have been turnarounds for people where they've applied feng shui in their own um, home. You mentioned before that some of the areas that people are most interested in, maybe you could speak about like in the area of love, you know, and relationship and health and and also with the flow of money and you know wealth in our lives and do well, you have any there are a ton i mean the stories of course go on and on forever which is wonderful and um the western guide to feng shui for prosperity is is really the whole thing is about stories of people that have enhanced their prosperity mm -hmm. um it, it's great to get on to for the listener to do whatever he or she would like to do to get a Bagua map. And again, going to my website is um, a great way to just download one free of charge because then you're going to be able to, uh, to map your own home. So when people do that, they find out all kinds of things. Like, for instance, the home that my husband Brian and I live in is not uh, a shape like uh, KG's is. It is uh, kind of a, a funny... Um, L shape, mm -hmm. a little bit of a. It's even more complicated than an L shape. Mm -hmm. Now, when a house is a, is a different shape besides a square or a rectangle or a whole shape, mm -hmm. um, there are going to be parts of the Bagua map that are going to be outside. They're going to be living out yeah. of doors. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, this this house was missing the helpful people and and uh, the one the. Uh, Bagua area related to helpful people in travel. Mm -hmm. Well, helpful people in travel is really the the area of synchronicity and hmm. um, attracting the right people at the right mm -hmm. time and being in the right place at the right time and feeling like, you know, you're in the drugstore and exactly the person that stands behind you is the person that you need to meet and your whole life is flowing like that, mm -hmm. right? So our Maybe that home, has something to do with openness to helpful people. Because we yeah, know it's totally. always happening. <laughs> and, and, in, and it's, of course, backing it up a little bit into the I Ching orientation, it's the most yang, the most, uh, the biggest trigram, the most active of, of all the trigrams, and it is associated directly to heaven. Mm -hmm. So it's like pulling heaven down and into the earth and, you know, grounding it and just really being kind of the uh, lightning rod for heaven mm -hmm. to earth, okay? Mm -hmm. So ours was missing. 
and uh, meaning that it was outside. And, yeah. of course, as a feng shui practitioner, I go, well, I know what to do. I'm just going to make the garden area that's there really, really super beautiful, yeah. put a, um, a lantern in there, have a, a stone kind of a oriental lantern, put that. And I already had in my mind uh, uh, the beginnings of a plan, but I thought, you know, I'm just going to leave it. Because I, I loved, I, you know, I'm just going to leave it and see what happens. Yeah. So I did. And within, oh, it didn't take long. Within a, two days of moving in, our next-door neighbor came over, came marching over and banged on the door and yelled at my husband about the way that water flowed between our two properties. Mm-hmm. And he was really belligerent, really loud, and really almost scary. So wow. I just went running out. Welcome to the he neighborhood. Went, <laughs> he went banging home, and mm-hmm. I went running out, got the lantern, you know, hauled the lantern over, dug out all the horrible spiky plants, mm-hmm. started to create the garden. Within 24 hours, this man came over and apologized. Mm-hmm. So, wow. you know, it's these kinds of things. You can watch the energy. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no reason to practice feng shui unless you're getting results. Yes. I mean, what is the point, right? Yes. So uh, it's really, really interesting to experiment, to set up, you know, enhance the prosperity area or any area of of your um, home and just mm-hmm. sit, sit, stand back and go, all right, I did this on um, uh, February 18th, and I'm going to watch and see what happens over the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, people will find all sorts of things like like I, this is this is what I find, and then people realize it is that the inside of their home, uh, you know, the living room and the bedroom and the kitchen and all the look really great. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful, mm-hmm. and they've they've done a fabulous job bringing in the things they love and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I go and I walk around the, the the yard, and the yard is where all of the feng shui faux pas are. Yeah. In one case, in the health and area of uh, a home, it was an indentation, and in it was a jacuzzi. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the jacuzzi, and it looked like it really was not being well cared for. Mm-hmm. And I asked if I could look inside it. It was a, a just a cesspool inside. Yeah. So you, I, that's what I understand. Water, any kind of water areas, need to be kept really clear and clean. You know, if you don't want to, just get rid of it. Yeah. That's what I find. I mean, yeah. people get will get these fancy fountains because it's a good feng shui thing they've heard. Right. And then uh, they keep forgetting to fill it and the pump breaks. And, I mean, yeah. it goes on and on. It's like, don't do that. I have no running water on my property because I do not do well taking care of it. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of bird baths and a lot of birds, and I'm thrilled and delighted to take care of those. Mm-hmm. So it's something to run through your own, you know, lifestyle and go. So how much difference does it make if it's still or if it's moving? Well, the still is not going to be as activating, Mm -hmm. but it's still a beautiful uh, way to bring in the water element. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, what happens when there's bird baths, it detracts the birds. Mm -hmm. And they're bringing in the fire element and all of the animation that comes with that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, and all of the beauty of nature. So they will activate the bird bath if it's not already activated. Yes, 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 bird bath. I actually have a bird sanctuary. I've created a sanctuary where lots of the plants are perennial and they have berries and different things that through the out the year, you know, it produces food for the birds. I love it. So I love yeah, it. Yeah, I love the spirit, the spirit of the birds. Yes. Yes, and, you know, don't you, you must experience them as being very close to the whole fairy kingdom. Oh, very much. I, yeah, I mean, from an early be. childhood, I had a very close connection with the birds. I used to hang out in trees a lot, and I had a bird sanctuary, and, yeah, I'm, I really always, and was very, the fairy energy has always been very strong with me. Well, yeah. you and I are kindred spirits. That's yes, we sure. are. We definitely are, Tara. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yes, it's in your voice. You can t- you can hear it in the vibration of people's voice. Can From you? me, I can. You don't? Doesn't everybody hear that? Uh, you know, I I I have never articulated it, and I do believe that I yeah I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's some sort of resonance or vibration, yeah. a signature that comes through in a person's <laughs> voice, you know, and how well they're really flowing with their own inner chi, their own, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So do you have happen to have a Bagua blessing you could share with us for the inner sanctuary of our home that listeners could enjoy as a sort of a, I know you talk about uh, Bagua blessings. Do you happen to have a Bagua blessing that you well, can share with us? The, or? the blessings that uh, I most cherish are the ones that uh, spontaneously come from the heart. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have not written down any one blessing that then would be repeated time and time again. Yeah. Um, because I love letting the heart speak for you so it's like it speaks through you in the moment exactly you know and the heart is always um thrilled and delighted to speak into uh any moment Mm -hmm. you know when it when well maybe you could talk about the importance of a bagua blessing you know as because i think it's a very important it can be an important piece of when you do when you work with the feng shui in your home or in your environment to Absolutely. it's sort of like the icing or the cherry on the top or you know what I'm saying yeah and it's like sowing the intention into what 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 I have yes. done That's when I do any kind it. of enhancement work or any kind of uh, improvement in uh, in the feng shui of my home, mm-hmm. then I would also take a moment after I am complete to just close my eyes and maybe take a couple of deep breaths, maybe be with Brian or, you know, a person would be with the, with the others that they live with, mm-hmm. and really just speak into what, what I wish for, mm-hmm. what I am intending to bring into my life, mm-hmm. what these things that I have just done to enhance the space mm-hmm. uh, symbolize for mm-hmm. me. So if I am um, enhancing the love and marriage and intimacy area, I may speak into that by saying this: these things I have done uh, to really open my heart to receiving the love and the beauty that all of life brings to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would make my heart sing to have one special person to share this life with. Mm-hmm. That is what I intend to create for myself. And as I am doing that, I celebrate the love that I feel for myself and the love that comes to me from all other beings. Oh, that's wonderful. Something like, I mean, I mm-hmm. just, you know... I, just tracking through the heart, just letting the heart speak. Yes, letting the heart speak. That's wonderful. I understand you're working on a new book, The Three Sisters of the Tao, Bringing the Heart of Chinese Medicine, I Ching, and Feng Shui into Your Life. What do the three sisters have to teach us, Tara? <laughs> well, you know, I'm just hot on the trail of that right now mm-hmm. and really enjoying every moment of it. Uh, I, I've taken about three years of time to just uh, not write, mm-hmm. and um, I'm an avid journal uh, writer, and I realized somewhere along the way that um, Taoism, it, it really there's three sisters that um, have, have been born out of the philosophy of Taoism, mm-hmm. and um, they are Chinese medicine, I Ching, and Feng Shui, mm-hmm. and uh, Chinese medicine really uh, focuses on the being in harmony in the physical body, mm-hmm. and uh, the um, I Ching focuses on being in cosmic harmony with thoughts, words, and deeds, mm-hmm. and Feng Shui focuses on being in harmony with uh, the environment. Mm-hmm. So um, they are all looking at environment, and just one sec here. Okay, I just switched phones, so. Okay. <laughs> you're actually, yeah, you're, battery. yeah, well, you're coming across even more clear. This is a okay. great reception. Go okay. right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so if you're on a future, if I ever have the wonderful opportunity to have you on as a guest again, we'll have to use this one. This one's really good. Okay, great. Okay. So um, that you know, that's what I'm speaking into is is how to um, bring uh, the the idea of cosmic harmony 
uh, into and deeply instill it into my body? Mm-hmm. And how do I bring cosmic harmony and deeply instill it into my thoughts, words, and mm-hmm. actions? And, and then how do I bring it and deeply instill it into my environment? Mm-hmm. So and that's the three sisters. Yeah, and it's, and it'll be practical. All of your work so far has been pretty practical. So will it be practical tools or? Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's more an inquiry. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, I'm uh, bringing awareness to these. Yeah, like practical. When you start to think about um, practical, as far as Chinese medicine is concerned, um, practical is going to be simplification of lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be taking time to really spend uh, uh, valuable quality time with, with the heart mm-hmm. and to make sure that the heart remains tranquil. So that would be the practical uh, suggestion, and then the reader, uh, in as much as he or she would want to, would then bring that into their lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, great. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to reading <laughs> well, it. Well, thank you. It should be out in about a year and a half. <laughs> okay, well, I can build up my anticipation. Okay, please, could you, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to tell us about your programs that you offer at Western School of Feng Shui? Well, we offer a practitioner program that uh, we have been offering now. It's, in co- it's, it's, it's a beautiful, always evolving program that involves um, uh, uh, pre- uh, projects that people do at home before they come to San Diego. Then they come here for a week of immersion training, so mm-hmm. it's a pretty intense one-week training. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they go home and do uh, their post-training projects um, in their own time, of course, we're really honoring that mm-hmm. adults um, need that time. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we have one coming up March 14th, and um, uh, then we will have another one in October. So that's our signature training. Oh, great. And then we have our online Bagua training, and we do advanced trainings from time to time. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we close, Tara? Uh, what I'd love to share with you is thank you, KG, for having me on your show, and what a delight. And please feel free to contact me and uh, for more conversation or for whatever uh, feng shui um, ideas or, or concerns that you have. I am I'm there for you. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate your sharing your wisdom about feng shui with us, Tara. And it has been wonderful having you with us. And I want to tell listeners to learn more about Tara and Essential Feng Shui. Please visit the Western School of Feng Shui website at WSFS.com. That's WSFS.com. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Tara. It's been a pleasure.